Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. G's Storytime. We are reading Star of Light by Patricia Sanjin with permission of Moody Publishing Company. And we are on Chapter 3, Sai Mohammed Makes a Deal. Blind Kinza sat in the doorway of her hut and lifted her small face to the sunshine. It was Thursday, and on Thursday, Kinza went to work. She was two and a half years old now and quite old enough, in her stepfather's opinion, to earn her living like the rest of them. She sat still and patient, her weak legs folded under her, her hands clasped quietly in her lap. It was quite early, and Haman, who carried her to her job, had taken the cow to the pasture and would not be back for a while. In the meantime, she was free to enjoy herself, and Kenza enjoyed herself quite a lot in her own way. As the sun shone and the weather was fine, she was, on the whole, a happy little child, and since she had never seen the light, she could not miss it, and there were many things to feel. There was the warmth in the shelter of her mother's lap, the clasp of her brother's strong arms, and the wet noses of the goat kids when they nuzzled her hands. There was a touch of sun on her body and the wind on her face. Sometimes she was allowed to sit by her mother as she sorted the corn. And one of Kenza's favorite treats was to pick up the handfuls of worn husk and let them run through her fingers. There was lovely things for her to hear, too, and she knew now that Haman was coming towards her from the particular sound of his bare feet on the dry mud. She held up her arms and gave a delighted squeak. Haman picked her up and tied her firmly on his back. Market day, little sister, he announced. Have you had some breakfast? Kenza nodded. A half an hour ago, she had drunk a bowl full of sweet black coffee and eaten a hunk of brown bread. It was the best breakfast she knew, and she really enjoyed it. Come then, said Haman, and they set set off together, keeping under the olive trees to begin with, because by nine o'clock in the summer, the sun was blazing hot. But very soon, they had left the trees behind them, and the path to the market ran between the wheat fields, ripe for harvest, where the air smelled of poppies. The sound of the wind rustling through the corn made her sleepy, and Kenza laid, laid her head on her brother's shoulder and shut her eyes. There were many people on the path that morning, and as they reached their marketplace, the crowds became thicker. It was an area of burnt yellow grass shaded by eucalyptic trees, and the sellers sat cross-legged on the ground with their goods piled in front of them, while the buyers trampled around them. Kenza hated it. She hated the jostling and the jostling and the noise and the dust that made her sneeze, the flies that crawled over her face and the fleas that bit her legs. But most of all, she hated the moment when Haman left her in the care of the old beggar. But Haman, to make it easier for her, had worked out a plan. During the week, he tried to beg, borrow, or steal a small coin. He would exchange it in the market on Thursday morning for a lump of sticky green candy covered with nuts. Licking that candy was the biggest treat Kenza knew. Haman knew the marketplace very well and made his way to the patch of sand where Kenza and the beggar sat side by side. He made sure he, when he got there before the beggar to give him time to settle Kenza and to let her eat the green candy. Haman took a few secret licks himself first and then handed it over, wet and warm, to his sister. He clasped it in, his right, in her right hand, loving its sweet stickiness, and began to lick it all over going around and around it with the tip of her little pink tongue. In her left hand, she held tightly to the hem of Haman's tunic in case the roaring crowd should pull him away from her. They had not been there long before the old beggar came shuffling towards him with a colored drum in his hand. 
He was amazingly dirty and old, and his patch coat was falling up to pieces. Amon kissed his hand politely and received the corn that was paid to his stepfather each week for the loan of Kenza. But instead of dismissing him crossly as he usually did, the old beggar spoke to him. When your father comes down to buy, he growled, tell him I'll have business with him. Haman nodded, freed himself gently from Kenza's grasp, and ran off. Kenza, finding herself left alone, started to cry until the old beggar noticed and slapped her for it. Her work was not very difficult during the early part of the day. All she had to do was sit with her small face lifted to the light so that everyone could see she was blind and hold out her hand. The old beggar sat beside her, thumping his drum to make people look at her, chanting and swaying. Many people felt sorry for the tiny white-faced girl and gave her coins, which he handed to her master. So they sat until noon, and the sun rose higher, and the dust and the flies grew thicker. The crowds wandered around them, and the stray dogs sniffed them, and sometimes people tripped over her. At noon, Kenza's master gave her a piece of dry rye bread and a cup of water. Because she had collected quite a lot of money during the morning, he gave her a squash plum. It was delicious. She sucked all ten fingers in turn so she didn't lose one drop of the juice. The afternoon was harder than the morning, for by two o'clock Kenza began to grow sleepy. Her dark head, tied up in its cotton cloth, began to nod heavily, and her eyes just would not stay open. She longed for her mother's lap, but all she could do was lean against the old man's rags to rest her weary head. But only for a few minutes. He saw what had happened and angrily jerked her right up. Feeling dazed, she rubbed her knuckles in her eyes, stretched herself, and tumbled forward. Once again, he jerked her back, slapped her, and propped her up against him. So, with her outstretched hand supported by the other, she sat begging, half asleep until the beggar suddenly got up and she fell sideways. He set her up with an impatient bump. Bad girl, he growled. Sit and beg till I come back. He had got up because on the outskirts of the crowd he had seen the tall figure of Kenza's stepfather looking about for him. The farmer would not wish to speak to the beggar in the open market, so they met behind a huge eucalyptus tree and stood talking. You wanted me, asked the farmer. Yes, said the old beggar. I'm leaving the village. The country people are growing greedier and giving less to honorable beggars, so I'm going to the big town on the coast with my wife. The great feast will soon be here, and they say beggars grow rich in the streets of the town. Now this is what I want to say to you. Give me that blind child of yours. You're not a beggar, and you can never make use of her. But she makes me a lot of money. My wife will look after, and I will pay you a good sum for her. Kenza's father hesitated. He knew that he was plotting a very wicked thing, but he needed money badly. His cow had strayed into the neighbor's cornfield and had been put in the cow prison and he had to pay a lot of money to get back to get it back again his harvest was poor this year and kenza while she earned a little was always and would always be an extra mouth to feed Sam muhammad refused to listen to his conscience after all kenza was not his child haman was eleven almost a man and could soon be left to earn his own living rama could be married off in three or four years but this might be the first and last chance he would ever have of getting rid of Kenza. How much will you give me for her? He said at last. The beggar mentioned a small sum, and the fa- farmer said it was not nearly enough. The beggar shouted back, and they bargained angrily for some time. 
Nobody took much notice, for that was the way prices were fixed in that country. They finally agreed on a price that was exactly halfway between what both had asked in the first place. Right, said the beggar at last, I'll be leaving the village at noon, at dawn on the first day of the week. When you hand over the child, I'll hand over the money, and it shall be done in the presence of witnesses. Though neither showed it, both were pleased. The old beggar fought his way back to Kenza, hoping she had managed to collect some coins while he had been away. But she had done nothing of the sort. She had crept into a patch of shade and lay fast asleep, curled up in a ball like a tired kitten. And tomorrow we will read chapter 4, Zora Makes a Plan. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.